It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Happy Friday to you. It's linebacker day here on this podcast. We're going to tackle the tough questions when it comes to the Bills linebackers entering the 2020 season. Yesterday, we did defensive line. Monday, I plan on doing cornerback. So whatever's on your mind with the Bills' cornerback situation, send in those questions, takes, comments, concerns, whatever you have. Joe at thedraftnetwork.com is my email. You can hit me up on Twitter at thejoemarino by sending me a DM. Speaking of cornerbacks, Trey White did not opt out of the 2020 season as he said could be the case, right? Uh, we talked about it just briefly on yesterday's podcast that Trey White on his Zoom press conference on Wednesday said he was undecided about whether or not he was going to play in 2020. The 4 o'clock deadline rolled around on Thursday, and the Bills didn't have anyone opt out. So the final list of opt-outs for the Bills Cornerback EJ Gaines, defensive tackle Star Latule, everyone else is in, including Trey White. And so I know it was weighing on everyone's minds pretty heavily, but um, I'm I'm happy that I didn't invest a lot of energy and emotion into really breaking down the hypothetical possibility. And we let the decision come, and turns out there's nothing to analyze with that. I will say this: that for the two Bills players that opted out Star Latule and EJ Gaines, and for the 64 other players across the league, I respect their decisions to not play, just like I respect the decisions of the hundreds of players that are choosing to play. So um, it's a complicated thing. It's something that each individual person has to sort through in their mind and talk it over with their family and and make a decision that they're comfortable with. There's a lot of gray area with this, and everyone's going to have – a different feeling about things. And that's why just as much as I wasn't going to criticize anyone for opting out, I wasn't going to criticize anyone for playing. And the reality is the best thing to do was to always respect whatever those individuals uh, decided. So, all right, let's talk about linebackers. Let's first start by doing what we've done with the other positions and uh, reflecting on the depth chart and the salary implications for the players within the position group. So the Bills uh, have A.J. Klein. He's under contract for the next three seasons through 2022. He's owed $5.9 million this year, 6.4 next year, and 5.6 in 2022. Tremaine Edmonds is signed uh, this year for $3.4 million, next season for $4 million. 2022, the Bills have the opportunity to pick up his fifth-year option, and then he 
would become an unrestricted free agent in 2023. So the Bills have four more seasons of, or excuse me, three seasons of control, including this year left for Tremaine Edmonds. Tyler Medikavich, special teams player. The Bills sign him for two years, uh, $3.4 million this year, $3.7 million next year. Matt Milano is under contract this season for $2.2 million. He's an unrestricted free agent after the season. Corey Thompson is under contract for $750,000 this year. He becomes a restricted free agent after the season. Vashawn Joseph, the Bills' fifth-round pick from 2019, he signed uh, for the next three seasons through 2022. $690,000 this year, $930,000 in 2021. And in 2022, he's owed $1.045 million. Tyrell Dotson, he signed through for the next two seasons at a very uh, small figure, less than 800000 in each season. He's an exclusive rights free agent in 2022. Same deal for Delshawn Phillips. He's in, uh, under contract for the next two seasons. He can be an exclusive rights free agent in 2022. So everyone is signed this year and next except for Matt Milano. And then Corey Thompson is a restricted free agent um, but usually restricted free agents can come back at very reasonable salaries. So really the only guy to be concerned about is Matt Milano beyond this year. And we'll talk about the dynamics of his contract uh, later on in this podcast. But the Bills have assembled this group and, um, you know, at least for this year and next, it, it seems like it's going to be pretty much intact with Matt Milano being that obvious wild card. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's get into your tough questions when it comes to the Bills linebackers entering 2020. Only had three sent in this time. I believe everyone's minds were uh, pretty tied up in, in the Trey White uh, decision. So uh, don't forget about the cornerbacks on Monday. I only had three, but I have some other questions that I had. So I'll, we'll get into some good stuff here 
Um, but, uh, you know, only three that were sent in. So let's deal with those first, and then I'll get into my personal questions. Daniel says, what kind of role do you envision for A.J. Klein? With Buffalo running primarily a nickel 4-2-5 look, does he play more on first downs against heavy sets also? I doubt he uh, forms a similar role to Lorenzo Alexander from last year due to his different skill set. So the Bills were in base defense only 22% of the time last year. The league average was 27 percent of the time. So the Bills are below average in terms of being in base defense. 22% of the time, we're talking like 10 to 15 snaps a game of base defense. And that's what AJ Klein will do. He'll come in and he'll play base defense, Sam linebacker, strong side linebacker in 4-3 defense base looks when those are the the sets, right? So it's not like he's going to be a big time contributor to this defense. He's going to play off-ball linebacker 10 to 15 snaps a game, and that's fine, and that's why they got him. The Bills know exactly who A.J. Klein is. Uh, McDermott had him in Carolina from 2013 through 2016, and he played, you know, he was a, a he started some games. He started like 23 games over that span, but appeared in 60, played a lot of special teams and a lot of base defense in, in those, you know, when they went with three linebacker sets. And... um it was a very specific role on this defense and they knew exactly who, who AJ Klein is and they know what he'll do. And, you know, for new Orleans, he's been pretty much an every game starter for the last three seasons for the saints. And that defense got better every single year. Um, as a matter of fact, since 2016, since Dennis Allen came back to new Orleans, that defense has gotten better every single year. And AJ Klein's been a starter for it. And, um, he won't play as much for the bills. I mean, he was playing, over 60% of the snaps for uh, the Saints, 71% of the snaps last year for them on defense. He'll probably get back to where he was when he was with McDermott in Carolina, 13 to 25% of the snaps, 10 to 15 a game. And then he'll play special teams. When he was in Carolina, his first three seasons, he played at least 60% of the special team snaps. So this is it's good that you know exactly what you're going to get here. You got your base linebacker in 4-3, and you got your special teams contributor. So you're going to dress this guy, and he can help you on base defense and special teams. Now, as far as A.J. Klein goes, like, no, he's not an elite player, probably not even an above-average player in the NFL, but he's an average linebacker, and that's okay. You're not going to have a superstar in every single spot, and for a, a, a role that is pretty limited overall when it comes to the defense, you know, it's it's nice to have just a, a stabilizing player that isn't relied on to do much, but you're satisfied with him in that role. And I think that's what we'll get from A.J. Klein. He's 6'1", 250 pounds. He's been in the league for, what, like seven seasons. Uh, He knows what he's doing. He's seen a lot of football. He's going to be fine. And um, he'll also provide that special teams upside. So I'm very satisfied with A.J. Klein. And I think that we all will when it's all said and done and we see the role that he's asked to play. Maybe you can argue that you shouldn't pay a player in this type of role six million dollars a year, but you know it's it's one of those deals where it's 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 a there's a comfort level that you're probably factoring into that uh, losing Lorenzo Alexander and making sure that you have a veteran to step into that role and and play that that spot. Um, Daniel makes a good point in that he you know Daniel said I doubt that he forms a similar role to Lorenzo. Uh, and that's exactly right. Yeah, they have different skill sets. When you have Lorenzo Alexander, you have a very unique player. Not many guys out there that can play off-ball linebacker, 
play special teams, and then also play on the defensive line, both inside and on the edge. You know, that's a very unique type situation. And what, you know, you don't replace Lorenzo Alexander by trying to find another Lorenzo Alexander. You, you have a situation where he, his, his multiple roles is filled by multiple people, right? So AJ Klein, Mario Addison, even AJ Epinesa to an extent, you're probably replacing one player with three. And, and so you lose that luxury of Zoe. And that's just, you know, that's the reality of football is that those types of players are are very uncommon. And so that's what you saw the Bills have to do is replace him and the roles that he fills with multiple people. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the Bills are 22% in base defense last year. And, um, you know, that's what I think you'll expect to see from uh, A.J. Klein this year. Matt says, do you expect to see more nickel looks with Lorenzo Alexander gone? And is there another reason to worry about the run defense? Was he pulling their tackling average up? So the Bills at 22% base defense, I can see that going down a little bit. Um, You know, there's teams below them that were under 20%. Uh, Even the Baltimore Ravens were at 9%. The Patriots 15% in base defense. So, like, could I see the Bills being a team that goes from 22% base defense to like 15 to 18%? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I don't think it'll be substantial. The the Bills won't be, I think, like the the bottom of the league in terms of uh being in base defense, but they'll they'll be one of the bottom 10 teams for sure. Now, when it comes to the run defense and, and tackling percentage, Lorenzo Alexander had six missed tackles last year. I uh, missed 9.8% of his tackles. So um, not an egregious number, not a great number, um, close to 10. I like to see it under 10 and he's just barely under 10. Um, you know, I don't think that he's a guy that was like an amazingly sure tackler that will be surely missed on this defense because of that. He'll be missed, but it won't specifically be because he's this elite tackler that never missed. Like he missed tackles just like everyone else on the defense did last year. Rob says, love the show. I can only imagine how difficult it is to fill shows during these slow months, especially with what's going on. Keep up the good work. Hey, thank you very much. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like people say that to me a lot. And, and while I do have to spend a lot of time thinking about podcast concepts, I think about the bills all day, every day. And I just write stuff down and <laughs> I say, let's make that a segment or let's do that on the podcast. And then you guys do such a great job with engagement with Twitter Tuesdays and asking questions. A lot of natural content opportunities stem from that. So, you know, it's something that I do have to work on, but I do appreciate, you know, everyone's efforts to to make this show what it is and, and you know, allow me to deliver a, a podcast all year long, five days a week about the bills. And so it's, it's the highlight of my day. I get to talk bills for 25, 30, 35 minutes a day. You know, that's, that doesn't feel like work to me and I love doing it. Anyways, Rob had a question. He said, I know you have concerns with the cornerback depth, but I think I'm more worried about the linebacker spot. Heaven forbid there's an injury with Edmonds or Milano. I am not sure how I feel about Vashon Joseph or Corey Thompson getting a bulk of a load of the snaps. Can you help relieve my concern? All right. So a lot to dig into here. First things first, if Tremaine Edmonds or Matt Milano goes down, I think what you'll see is A.J. Klein step into either one of those roles. So it's not like Tremaine goes down, heaven forbid, and then all of a sudden it's Corey Thompson or Vashon Joseph or Tyrell Dotson filling a big role for the defense. It'll become A.J. Klein. Same thing if Matt Milano. So I think if if that's comforting you for to consider that, I hope that brings you some peace. Now, 
in totality, I think the Bills linebacker depth is very poor. I think it's a very underrated concern when it comes to this football team. And I don't feel good about how how the linebacker depth staffs, stacks up. First thing, let's deal with Tyler Medikavich. He's not a linebacker. He's a special teams player. You may have him uh, play like goal line defense and he like shoots a gap, but he's not the type of player that you ever want playing on the second level of your defense, unless it's literally for that type of, of a situation where he just shoots a gap and attacks downhill. He's a limited player. He's a, he's a bad athlete. He's known for his special teams. And good for him. The dude's making some good money. He's making $3.5 million this year to play special teams, 3.7 next year. But this isn't a guy that you're going to see playing base defense. So when you see roster projections coming out, understand what Tyler Matikavich is. Now, that leaves the primary backups to guys like Corey Thompson, Vashawn Joseph, Tyrell Dotson. Reasonable concerns about all of them, right? The good thing is, like, Corey Thompson's been around. He's been trained at all three spots. But he hasn't played enough for us to know if he can play or not. Same thing with Vashon Joseph. He's never played, right? He was a rookie fifth-round pick. He got injured in preseason. We've only seen him play a few snaps in preseason. We have no idea how good he is. And I do remember scouting him very heavily at Florida. I, I liked him as a pursuit-style linebacker, that you know, C-ball, get-ball type player, that if you give him a singular duty, he can fill that duty, but not like a high-level processor that you want taking on contact and, and those types of things. So... Um, you know, I wouldn't feel comfortable based on what I know right now about Fashawn Joseph playing a ton of snaps on defense. And then Tyrell Dotson's the other guy in the mix. I give him some credit or I give him some, the bills must see something in Tyrell Dotson because they stuck on to him, right? Like he's a UDFA. He had like some suspension issues and the bills kept him around. Like you could have seen them easily cut ties with him and move on, but they didn't. So they must see something in Tyrell Dodson. So that's your your three backups. But at the end of the day, if 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 Edmonds or Milano goes down, I do think AJ Klein's the guy that takes on that more prominent role. So if another guy goes down, then you really start worrying about the Thompsons and the Josephs and the Dodsons. But you know, at the end of the day, I, I do think that the Bills have a very underrated concern at linebacker depth, and it's very, very, very unproven. Now, the good news is your top three is very proven. So, you know, that's that's kind of the, the balance out there. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's close things out by dealing with my questions. All right, so these are the things that were on my, on my mind that didn't come up uh, in your questions. The first thing, how much will a Matt Milano contract extension cost? I know that we're thinking a lot about this, right? You got Deion Dawkins coming up. You got Matt Milano coming up, right? At the end of the year, both of these guys are set to become free agents, and I think we all want them all back, right? We want them both back. But who knows if that's really going to be possible, especially with the reduced cap. So I pulled some recent contracts that I think kind of set the set the bar when it comes to Matt Milano's 
extension. These three came to mind. Shaq Thompson, Carolina Panthers, they gave him four years, $54.4 million. That's $13.6 million per season. Quan Alexander, he signed with the 49ers. Four years, $54 million, $13.5 million per season. This one's uh, another one. This was from last offseason. Corey Littleton, he went from the Rams to the Raiders. Three years, $35.2 million. That's $11.7 million per season. I think that's kind of the, the tier of linebacker that Matt Milano is. Obviously, has a lot of value to the Bills' defense. I could see him getting $14 million a season. That would be a four-year, $56 million deal. That would make him the 12th highest paid linebacker in the NFL, and he would slot between Shaq Thompson and Deion Jones. Seems very reasonable to me. I would love for it to be more like the Corey Littleton deal. Three years, 35.2. You know, that's a little bit, that's about $2.3 million less per season than what I'm forecasting, but I think that's probably the floor and the ceiling's probably like 14 and a half. So I can see this going anywhere from 12 to 14 and a half million dollars per year on average annual salary. So the question goes back to, do you want to give him that? Do you want to commit that cap space to Matt Milano? And that's the thing. Like I try to, I've been trying to like preach this quite a bit. Matt Milano goes from a guy that you've paid $2 million a year to last year, but that's like, I mean, that was the final year of his rookie deal. Matt Milano's salaries per year have been 726,000, 1 million, and then 2.1 million. He signed a four year, 2.6 million. Now we're talking about him signing a four-year, $54 million deal. That's a massive increase. And there's so many players just like that on this roster that the amount of money that you've had them for in the past few years is going to be a lot different compared to what it's going to take to keep them around. Matt Milano, a 25-year-old linebacker, a good player. But do you want to commit that cap space to him? I think that that second linebacker in Sean McDermott's defense that's on the field 100% of the time is an important one. And we saw in Carolina, they paid Luke Keekley and they paid Thomas Davis. So I can see it happening. I can see it being a priority. The next thing that I have written down is, will the improved defensive line help the linebackers tackle better? We've talked a lot about the tackling problem that the Bills have had over the last two years. The worst tackling defense in football over the last two years combined. No question about it. The most missed tackles. So, Tremaine Edmonds, he missed 9.4% of his tackles last year. Matt Milano missed 13.7% of his tackles. And then um, A.J. Klein missed 9.2% of his tackles, but he wasn't part of the team. I just want to let you know where he was as a tackler. Now, the good news is it's better from 2018. So in 2018, Tremaine Edmonds missed 16.6% of his tackles and went down to 9.4. For Matt Milano in 2018, he missed 20.4% of his tackles and went down to 13.7%. Can it get better this year? Will the the improved depth on the defensive line make the linebackers' job of tackling better? I think it will. I think that that will be a reason why they'll tackle better because – their angles, they're going to be dealing with less contact, right? 
when your defensive line does its job, your linebacker should be able to be able to flow freely to the football and deal with minimal amounts of contact as they fill windows. Well, if your defensive line is better, that should increase the likelihood that they won't have to deal with much contact. I talked about it with Jordan Phillips on the defensive line podcast. I said the defense, the run defense will be better because Jordan Phillips is no longer in it because he gets blown off the ball and he's on the toes. He's, he's getting driven back into the toes of, of Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano. Now, when that's not happening, it's going to allow those linebackers to attack downhill, square up more effectively, and, and get themselves in good positions to make tackles. So I do think the Bills will tackle better because they have better defensive line depth, and that should make the run defense better. So my question was, will the, the improved defensive line allow the linebackers to tackle better? And I think they will. And again, the good news is, is that both Edmonds and Milano made big strides from 2018 to 2019. Now it's time to take another step. Part of taking that next step is going to be dealing with less contact. How do you deal with less contact? You have a better defensive line with more depth, and that's what the Bills have. The next thing I have here is how much better will Tremaine Edmonds get? You guys have heard me rave about Tremaine Edmonds. I talked about him with Tequila Spikes on the Friday podcast last week. I, I, I think this guy's going to be special. And, you know, he's 22 years old. He's been a two-year starter in the NFL already. He was a team captain at 21 years old. Both seasons that he's been in the league, he's been the middle linebacker for a top three defense in the league. Pro bowler last year, 6'5", 250, runs a 4'5", crazy wingspan. He's got special traits. Let me tell you about how he's already improved. How about his coverage numbers? He has taken a major step forward in coverage compared when comparing his rookie season to 2019. As a rookie, he was targeted 93 times, gave up 73 completions. That's a percentage of 78.5%, 634 yards allowed in coverage, 222 of those in the air, 412 after the catch for a passer rating against his coverage of 93.3. Last year, one year later, he was targeted 52 times, gave up 34 catches, a completion percentage of 65.4, 266 yards, 100 of those in the air, 166 after the catch, and a passer rating of 76.3. So the completion percentage goes from 78.5 down to 65.4. Total yards allowed goes from 634 down to 266. And the passer rating goes from 93.3 to 76.3. That is huge growth. And we already talked about how the tackling got better. Missed tackles went from 16.6 down to 9.4. And then the coverage numbers were even better. He played faster. He processed quicker. Got himself in better positions to make plays. He should continue improving. One thing that's also interesting about Tremaine Edmonds is he blitzed a lot more last year. 37 times in 2018, he blitzed. 64 times in 2019, he blitzed. You could tell there's just more on his plate now, right? He's he, he's just becoming more of the of exactly the type of player that they want for that middle linebacker role. And I'm anxious to see how it evolves this year. Um, young football player, I mean, 22 years old, I mean, that's, that's the same age as a lot of guys that got drafted last year at linebacker. And Tremaine's already got two years of experience in the league. 
You got to love that. I want to take you back to my scouting report on Tremaine Edmonds as we close out this podcast because he is the story when it comes to the Bills linebacker group. Kind of like we talked about with Ed Oliver, went back and looked at the scouting report. I want to do the same for Tremaine Edmonds. Um, He was my number three player in the 2018 draft class, number three overall player. I had uh, Quentin Nelson at number one. I had Bradley Chubb at number two. He had 12 and a half sacks as a rookie. He missed his second season uh, with an injury. Tremaine Edmonds at number three, Saquon Barkley at number four, and Minka Fitzpatrick at number five. So I feel pretty good about that. This is what I said about Tremaine Edmonds. I said, Tremaine Edmonds checks every box and offers the versatility to function in any scheme in a variety of roles, whether that's as a 4-3 Mike or Sam or an outside linebacker in a 3-4 alignment. Edmonds has a translatable skill set that transcends scheme. A physical and imposing presence, Edmonds has the upside to become the face of an NFL defense. His rare blend of athletic ability, size, and football skill makes him a true blue-chip talent. In year one, Edmonds has the makeup of a starter with the upside to become among the premier players at his position by year three. Edmonds' traits and age make him among the highest-ceiling talents in this class. I think we're seeing exactly that type of growth and trajectory so far for Edmonds, and I cannot wait to see this dude in year three. I think he's going to be a superstar and a guy that is considered one of the best defensive playmakers in the league, and and that's exactly the trajectory that we've seen him on. So I'm all the way in on Tremaine Edmonds, and I hope that uh, you guys are as well. All right, that's going to do it for us today and this week on the podcast. I hope that you had a, a great time listening along. I, of course, had a great time delivering the podcast, and as you could probably tell, my voice is is, uh, is struggling here. I'm kind of fighting through it here. A lot of talking this week uh, between draft dudes and lockdown bills and scouting meetings that we're on every day. So I'm going to rest up the voice over the weekend and uh, get ready for another great week on the podcast. Again, we're doing cornerbacks on Monday, tackling the tough questions when it comes to the Bills cornerbacks in 2020. Thanks so much for listening. As always, I do kindly ask that you share, subscribe, rate, and review. And I look forward to catching up with you again on Monday. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.